Hi and welcome to Invest in You, the podcast for movers, shakers, people who are curious to learn more about themselves. And today we've got a very special guest. We're already up to episode 24. Uh, VIP Ivan is out training, so he won't join us today. Charlie, Samuel is in Sweden. I'm in London. And today we have got with us Stacy Kiel, all the way from the other side of the globe, but she now lives in England. So. I have known Stacy for a couple of years because of mutual interest in property. And we uh, met there in property education, we bump into each other now and then network meetings. We're both speakers on different circuits. I'd love to hear more about how you would say what do you do? Who are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, so I own a digital marketing agency called Brand Active here in London. Uh, it's a business that I started around years ago. Uh, I started the business actually off the back of three redundancies. So you probably remember 2000. Oh. Yes, 2008 during the the recession, and I, I suffered a few redundancies that year. And I thought. I need to be able to control my own future. Yeah. Uh, so that was what put me really into entrepreneurship. Started my agency, which is Brand Active, um, and from there, we've we've sort of developed lots of different products to be able to support small businesses, to help them give them the visibility online. We do a lot of website development, social media marketing, yep. blogging, content. Anything online that you can imagine, we probably take care of. Yeah, I'm sure Charlotte will ask many, many more questions about that. So there are many reasons why we're here together. Of course, we know each other for a while. And uh, I am uh, a customer uh, of, of uh, Brandective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very happy with, with that. Actually, two businesses that uh, I've got ownership in uh, are working with you. And uh, many friends of friends have been referred to you. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, I believe in connecting and so on. So yeah, over to you, Charlie. Yep, so basically daddy told me that he googled you and you were on the whole first front page and uh, you were out contenting all the others, he told me. Oh, well that's the goal, yes. Um, Well actually that's sort of what sparked my interest um, in starting a digital agency actually was figuring out how to dominate Google search. So I actually started my career um, in the world of sales. And I, that industry doesn't have the best reputation always, um, especially commission-based sales, which is what I did for a number of years, um, and which I thought was a bit unfair because I think, you know, performing well and, and earning commission structures for performing well, I think is a great business model. Yeah, I and I enjoyed working in that industry. And I thought it was a bit of a shame that um, it was being tarnished by reviews and things that people think that, you know, sales agents are sharks and it just develops a bit of a bad rep, really. Um, So that's what sort of drew me. I thought I want to change the way people view that industry. Uh, And I thought, you know, what we need to be doing is actually painting a picture of all the positive things that come out of being self-employed, working on commission, running your own businesses. Um, And so I decided that I would learn SEO. And so I got SEO qualified. And I started building both my own personal brand, but then also started building brands for other businesses. And that's actually how Brand Active was born, was by raising their profiles online. So yeah. I'm glad that at least I'm showing that yeah. in a moment <laughs> to me. Yeah. That's good. Uh, another question. So do you have any tips for how to build a good brand? Oh, so many tips. Where to begin? Um, Well, I think the first thing in terms of branding is deciding how you wish to be perceived. 
that's where to begin. Because I think, um, especially if you're thinking specifically about Google and getting either your personal name or your business name indexed in the search results, um, you have to be indexed for a reason. You have to be offering some form of value. So I think identifying um, how you want to be perceived, what your value proposition is, what do you offer that's unique apart from anybody else? Yep. And it could be something as simple as your own personal story of success or, or whatever. Um, but I think it's really getting clear on the story you want to tell and then that, allow that to dictate the content you're producing. So, um, and then deciding really, you know, how do you want to put that out there? Is it through blogs and written content? Uh, is it through video content? Is it through audio content like, like a podcast? Um, deciding all the different avenues that you want to try to dominate and just yep. starting to produce content, really. Yeah, I like especially the last thing there, produce content. Most people are using all social media mainly for consumption, mm-hmm. including myself. I'm procrastinating a bit. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Surely, any kind of like follow-up questions on that one before I crack on with the next one? Follow-up questions, let me see here. Not really, but uh, so, for, for it was interesting what you were saying. Uh, I I find it super tough uh, to decide on one thing to do and you know that you know me for years (laughs) I'm unfortunately not just doing one thing without muddling the water about everything I do Uh, I'm now always in competition with Charlie Charlie yeah I've got a YouTube channel where I do uh, blogs and other stuff yeah yeah, I'm leading I'm in the lead Oh, I like that competition. Yeah. That's brilliant. So, Shirley is using, uh, of course, uh, Sandwell as the, the, the channel name for uh, YouTube. And YouTube is, is super highly ranked. So Copyrighted. Shirley... <laughs> My name. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Go, Charlie. Yeah. So, Shirley, linking what you do with uh, what Stacey has said there, what, what are a few things that you are doing online? So, online right now, I... Um, I have got social media like LinkedIn, uh, Instagram and all these, but I have barely ever used them. I usually focus on my YouTube channel and we used to do lots of videos on Junior MBA. We might uh, do some more. It's an old Facebook group, which we uh, are going to do some more on. And then we've got this podcast, Invest in You. Yeah, and your conflicting interest. What is your hobby? What is the YouTube channel about? Your own one. My YouTube channel is about uh, what I do and what my brother does, what my family does and my friends, and nice. um, cool uh, and cool tricks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly uh, vlogging, but yeah. I, I do skiing, parkour, a bunch of other stuff. That's great. I like that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I like filmmaking really much, so that's one of my hobbies. A lot of video content. That's brilliant. I think the thing is, I know you mentioned there that you have your LinkedIn and Instagram and things that aren't particularly using those at the moment, that YouTube's your focus. But I think that's great. I think there's a lot of um, entrepreneurs, uh, influencers, businesses who try to do everything. And I don't think you need to. I think you need to be really good at a couple of things. And I think the best place to begin is to start with something you enjoy. So if you enjoy video, YouTube is perfect for that. Um, you may wish to start exploring Instagram TV because that's just launched and that's something that you could help to promote your YouTube channel. Um, but I think something that you've done there that's super smart is you've um, registered yourself on LinkedIn. You've yeah. registered yourself on Instagram. You now own that 
um, the name of that that page. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else can take it, including your dad. <laughs> so in the future, when you do decide to build a personal brand on those platforms, you don't have the complication of yeah. someone's taking from under you or a competitor snatched it so that yep. you're not able Which to of do of course it. I'm going to have really many people who like me and want to have my name <laughs> well you don't know what the future holds Charlie <laughs> yeah hope for the best so what what do you think is the difference in social media when comparing different generations that's a really good question um every generation has different ways that they consume information and preferences as to which social media platforms they use. And, um, you know, I think social media really isn't that old when you think about it. Uh, Facebook, I don't know, it's been around how long now? 10, 10 years, I think they just celebrated. Was that right? 2007. So it must be 11 years. I've been on since 2006. 2006 like that. Yeah. yeah. So 12 years or so, um, which really isn't that long when you think about it. Yeah. Um, so it's more the millennial generation, I suppose, that favors something like Facebook. Um, but I think they're transitioning, uh, you know, onto Instagram and things like that as well. Uh, obviously, there's there's new ones that come out of the game, you know, come out of the into play all of the time. So you've got, well, Instagram isn't really new anymore. Obviously, that one sort of came out, but you've seen a decrease in that. Although that was really, really popular with Generation Z, that's actually decreased uh, due to some of the new things that Instagram has brought into play. Essentially, they've taken, you know, Instagram, when Instagram stories launched, we saw the decrease across Snapchat. Yep. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of different platforms and I think people consume them differently. Differently. Um, for example, Facebook perhaps is often used a lot for, pri- for private things. So you may use it personally to connect with your family, your friends, you know, people that you went to school with, etc. Whereas Instagram, you might be more likely to use that to follow brands that you enjoy and things that you're interested in. Um, so I don't think that there's necessarily one platform that is used by any specific generation. I think there's just yeah. different trends that happen and, you know, people move around a lot. And I think one thing that I talk to a lot of clients about is um, don't just choose one platform um, because things do change quite yes. significantly and you can build an entire business for example on Snapchat and then you see the demise of that and everybody's shifting across to Instagram and you've kind of lost out on that audience I think the same thing at the moment with there is a little bit of a demise in Facebook with all the algorithm changes and obviously the Cambridge Analytica scandal yep. and there's loads of different things that have pushed people away from Facebook and you've seen the rise of Instagram Instagram um, not Instagram, LinkedIn LinkedIn's made a massive comeback um, because it's embraced a lot of what Facebook was doing so I think it's important to have presence across loads of different social media platforms because you don't know how trends are going to shift the way that people use social media um so it's just important to be diverse i think the same thing goes for you know having your own website i think people say you know websites are going out the door and everyone's on social media i don't necessarily believe that's true and i think it's actually risky because at least with a website you own the domain you own the content yeah um, nobody can really get, okay, you could get, it could get hatched. You could have an issue with the hosting provider, but essentially you own, as long as you're doing your backups and taking care of that, you own that. You don't own your Facebook page. You don't own your Instagram. Uh, someone could hack your Instagram. You could have a million followers and it could be gone tomorrow because Instagram decides that you violated the terms of service. You can't control that. And I think that's risky. Uh, so speak, you know, I was speaking to, for example, a beauty blogger the other day who only wants to focus on Instagram. And I really was trying to push her to say, YouTube, you have to go on YouTube too, because yeah. you can't control Instagram, you know, in a year's time, maybe no one's going to use Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure that you've built an audience across multiple channels, you know? Now that I think about it, I really agree that you should uh, be on all different social media accounts. 
if something goes wrong, if you decided that this fits you better or that it becomes popular again or whatever. Yeah, exactly right. That's it. You just never know. Yeah, yeah. I think the ones I use most is Facebook and, and LinkedIn uh, for slightly different reasons. Yeah, uh, right. But I almost like migrated away from using Facebook for like private, private because of the following is so big. Yeah. It's, it's almost becoming like a, a, More a, of a monster in that way. Yeah, for sure. Try to explain to my wife, like, uh, get at least 10, 10 people per day who's got their birthday. And, and yeah. that's just like a fraction of the following. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? No, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Do you have every birthday, like all 365 days uh, of the year? Yeah, you, 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 yeah. you can get alerts, but you can also set that as well. Yeah. I, I was just checking here if I got like a birthday uh, thing that <laughs> I haven't closed. <laughs> Anyways, you have, uh, Stacey, hey. so you have helped 400 companies um, and many SMEs. Uh, what are the most common mistakes that you observe when they... Uh, how they market or not? Sure. So, yeah, we've helped a little over four. I think we're approaching the 500 mark now in terms of how many businesses will have to grow their businesses online. The yeah. biggest mistakes, I think, um, are usually around um, – it's usually around lack of direction in terms of what they actually want yeah. from running a digital yeah. marketing campaign or from using social media. Um, you know, often I'll be approached about, you know, we want you to produce content to manage social media channel or, you know, we want you to run a Google AdWords campaign or a Facebook campaign for advertising. And when you really get into it and try to understand what it is they're trying to do, they don't really know. They just yeah. think they're yeah. supposed to do it. They're just the like, why you know, is really important, why uh, you're what? doing it and what you want to achieve with it. 100%. So for I think example, that's really, really important. I think also just defining your niche. So, um, you know, a lot of times, again, we'll be approached by a business who's, you know, wants to put their product or their service to everybody. They're just like, just, or just get as many people as possible. And I'm like, that is a terrible strategy. <laughs> uh, you're much better to start with something really niche uh, and get become renowned in that sector or that niche for what you do and then grow on that rather than trying to go broad because the reality is if you try to if you try to attract everybody to your business you end up attracting nobody because there's no differentiator we don't know why you're the specialist in this particular area so i think it's um you know i was actually on a, another podcast the other day and we, we were sort of discussing about how to become the obvious choice the best way to become the obvious choice for somebody to hire is to be the sole solution to what they're what they're looking for. Um, so, for example, in the property world, you know, we work a lot with property uh, businesses. So, supplying a digital marketing service for the property sector means that if you operate in the property sector, my business is a natural choice for you because you know that we specialize in that area. Versus maybe a digital marketing agency for anybody what what makes me different why would you hire me you know so i think that's a really big a big mistake that a lot of businesses make is not not niching tightly enough to give themselves a point of difference yeah reaching out to smaller a little bit less customers can be better because then uh, yeah you can specialize a lot better yeah exactly and maybe you attract even though it's a smaller audience maybe you get all the audience <laughs> maybe you're the only person that they would look yeah. up to 
Right. Yeah, I like to link your, your first statement there about the, the, the mistakes you do. Uh, it's also very much linked to the, the other flip side of marketing and, and brands, which is sales. Uh, we work with sales people all over the world, and they often struggle with even the clarity on mm. what they can actually do. Uh, and that mismatch between marketing and sales is uh, often there. I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. I think also coming from a sales background, that's something that's really important for me to try to understand is marketing is not sales and sales is not marketing. They feed each other. Yes. Um, but I think they have to be very closely aligned. Otherwise, you can have a fantastic marketing campaign. But if if your site, the way that you convert your sales doesn't match up with that, then yeah. there's it's pointless. Good point. Do you read a lot of books? I do. <laughs> but uh, have you seen uh, or heard me and my brother on any social media? I'm just I wondering. Have. Yes. Yep. Uh, which think, in that case? I think it was on your Facebook, on your Facebook page, not your group. Yeah. Yeah. Your page, or maybe you've shared it across from a group into a page or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And also linked to that you maybe read a lot of books. What books would you recommend for brand building? Oh, for brand building. Top ones. Um, there's a book. I, I actually don't read a lot on brand building. I, I read a lot of books on business and a lot on personal development. Yeah. Um, but I think on brand building, I'm just trying to look. I'm looking at my bookshelf. <laughs> um, brand building. There's a book called How to Style Your Brand which is a book that I think is great in terms of getting an understanding of how to position yourself. Um, but there's not too many of the books that come to mind specifically for branding. Um, I'm actually writing a book myself at the moment. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which I do touch on branding in, uh, essentially it's a, it's a book that follows my six C methodology where we talk a lot about how to build a digital marketing pipeline. Um, for the non-tech savvy, you know, for yeah. someone who really just needs to understand how do I do this? And the first part of the book is the first C, which is connect. And the big part of connect is understanding your brand, your value proposition, your USP, um, what your brand should look like, feel like, sound like, the tone of voice. Um, so we really dig into that in the first part of it, because I think often people skip that first part the foundation work that you need into establishing a brand and they try to jump start to creating content you know like oh let me just get content out write some blogs or do some videos and they don't think about connect actually how do you connect with your audience and often that is through your branding and how you're going to sound and the, the the keywords that you're going to be using and um there's a lot you know sort of in that area that i think is really important for people to understand yeah 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 we, we remember sean when we started uh, with our Facebook page, we did really not have much of branding at all. We just started to produce content yeah. and, and yeah. awareness. One thing with my YouTube channel is I haven't done any, like, um, I haven't tried to market as far. What's that in English? Market. Yeah, I haven't tried to market it or anything. It's I just uh, launched videos and stuff, and it's going pretty good, but not as good as it. Yeah, I would like to start marketing a bit better. Yeah, I think it's just um, sometimes it's great to start that way. You know, I think one of the other mistakes people can make is focusing too much on that in the beginning and not actually creating anything. And you have to test the water, right? You have to understand your audience. You have to understand what they respond to. And I think, um, you know, putting too much work into branding or, you know, value proposition, all that kind of thing before you've got a taste of, or given people a flavor of what your brand's going to be about can also have an adverse effect, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I think 
putting stuff out there online, using your YouTube channel, using your Facebook group is great. You get feedback from people. You understand kind of what they want from you. And then you can use that to, to go back and establish your brand. Yeah. Just the next, Michelle, your, your latest video, which has launched yesterday in the evening, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, just got, uh, I think, nine views or something. But out of those nine, six has actually liked it. That's extremely high. That means that you, for the people that like and follow you, they really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, I'm just going to go into YouTube and check something because I just go into a completely random video. So this video has 1.1 million views and it's got 18,000 likes, for example. So yeah. yeah, the like ratio isn't that good. It's good to have uh, active uh, viewers and subscribers who like your content. That's it. Just engagement levels, I think, yep. are really important. And also, content first, marketing then. So now I've got <laughs> another question. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what has been your coolest office or best office so far? <laughs> best office, okay. Um, gosh, so most of my offices, I mean, I, I used to work from home. I started out working from home. I did not like it, actually. I feel like I need a space to go to to get into the right mind for, mindset to actually work. Um, so I work, I've worked in a lot of co-working spaces um, around London. Um, probably my, I don't know if it's the coolest office. Yeah, it's probably, it's cool to be in co-working spaces because of the people that you meet. Um, but actually I think the coolest thing is when you first get your own office and you, you know, you have your own lease and you're, you know, connecting with, um, essentially you're building out, you know, the brand. I mean, you can look around my office right now yes. and you can see that it's very much like our brand. Yeah, no, we're I like little, it. We're a little quirky. We're a little weird. We have a lot of animals, <laughs> um, not real animals, but uh, sort of statues and, and all sorts of things around the office. And that it allows me to kind of show off our personality, I suppose. So I think that's one of the coolest things is when you, you know, first move into your own office and you can do with it what you want. But I have worked in all sorts of crazy places around the world. You know, um, I was just recently, or about a month ago, I was in Borneo um, in the jungle and I was on a boat out in the river in the jungle and just working from there for yeah. a day. So, you know, there's very cool places, I think, when you run a business, you can do it from anywhere, especially a digital business, um, an online business. You can you can really find some really fun places to work from. That's a super interesting because uh, that, that aspect to, to be big enough or to actually invest in having a physical asset, especially you, you also got a, a good location. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a great thing. And even if you've got like a, a team of people can come in and out of the office. Uh, as I have often run businesses without offices mm -hmm. and I can completely see where you come from. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like we have a very um, relaxed style, I think, in our business in the sense that we have space in here in our office for our whole team. Um, but most people probably come in three, four days a week and then do one or two days a week from home. Um, but we're just pretty flexible. We try to work with people's lifestyles and see, you know, and again, team members of mine have worked from all over the world too. Um, one of our team members was based out in the Netherlands for a year or two mm -hmm. years, almost two years. Uh, another one has just worked from Singapore for the last three months. Last year, he actually was in Thailand for two months. So um, I think, you know, giving people that flexibility to be able to work from wherever they want is also, um, I like the, that I have that ability to yes. be able to do that with people. And I think my team appreciate that, that sort of flexibility as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how times change. I remember when like early 2000 when I had one uh, new startup, one idea that I like to take from uh, another IT company at the time, doing the, the dot-com, like really mm. hype. Yeah. And uh, 
one company had like when you've been working for like two two and two and a half years you would have like a, a half year of sabbatical but paid nice so that, that's awesome <laughs> uh, but with some some small conditions to it but uh, again you can have that today like you said with a, a remote workspace uh, yeah. digital and uh, many many people in in especially your space are also very much digital nomads and, totally. and, and working on um, contract basis, I guess also many outsourced stuff potentially even. Yeah, um, I mean the thing is, I think even for full time full time staff, it's still an option. You know, I think I, I I do speak to a lot of business owners who are nervous about that. They're like, oh, but you know, how do you know if they're really going to be working properly and all this kind of thing? And I think as long as your expectations are really clear as to what you require from your team, um, that they actually really appreciate that opportunity. And then I think also for people who are these digital nomads, um, sometimes their biggest challenge is actually getting enough. Like if they're self-employed and they're doing their own thing, having consistent work can be challenging. It's great to be able to travel around, but whether you actually earn a lot of money is maybe another story. Um, Not always, obviously, but that is a challenge. So I think to be able to give my team the flexibility to be digital nomads, but have the stability of the work that comes from us, I think is, you know, I love being able to provide that opportunity. And I think, um, you know, business owners should be open to it because you can get real talent, you know. Um, I really can get talented people to work with us because we offer such flexible work environments. Yeah, yeah we've got the question actually, which is very much linked to, to traveling. Over to you, Charlie. Yeah. So let's so. see here. Yeah, of course, I like traveling and I've been to a few countries. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been filming them because I didn't have my awesome camera equipment but anyways uh what do you do when you're traveling first of all when you're traveling is it for work or is it for uh having a good time or a bit of both okay great question i love traveling i'm a big traveler uh i'm from new zealand you may hear that i have a slightly strange accent Emerged now with the UK and I've got American clients and, you know, it's a bit of a mishmash. Um, but I'm a big traveler. I've, you know, traveled all over the world. Um, I actually run my own travel blog because I enjoy it so much. I think I've been to maybe 54 countries or something at this point. And um, so that's something that's really, really important to me. And, and again, another reason that I wanted to run my own business was to be able to have that flexibility to continue traveling. So to answer your question, it's a little bit of both. Um, I will sometimes decide I really want to go to a new country and so I will go there on holiday but then I might also do some work while I'm there. So you so you work on your computer online for the most part? Absolutely yes I just do it completely remotely um, and then vice versa you know I travel for work as well so I was just out in Singapore at a conference um, in July. Um, earlier this year I was out in Cuba um, I was at a conference in New York this time last year. Um, so in a nice sort of tack, you know, holidays and things onto the back yes. of them as well. So, um, again, it's just about creating that lifestyle where you can be flexible um, and you can do it from anywhere. And I think, you know, people will say, oh, it's a shame you have to work while you're on holiday. And I'm like, no, it's not because yeah. I like what I do. <laughs> like, I don't understand that. Like, yeah, it's just I think if you love your job, great, do it from anywhere. And then vice versa, like if you want to travel, do that and work while you're traveling. Like, it's just, you know, that's. I think the beauty of, um, you know, digital businesses really. Surely you don't know it, but you were actually also invited to Singapore by Paul Dunn. And I'm quite sure it was you, you met up with Paul Dunn. Yes, I did. Yes, I was at the B1G1 conference. Surely you wouldn't like to go there, would you? Yeah, I like traveling. Maybe I forgot to ask you. (laughs) 
cruel. That was very cruel. Well, Charlie, just so you know, I'll give you a heads up. The next one is in Vietnam in 2020. Awesome. Yes, next to Thailand. Yeah, yes, that sounds like a good plan. Awesome. So let's see here. So I think we're going to start to wrap up. Yep. So uh, any good ways to contact you? Yeah, of course. And so there's obviously my website, which is www.brandlective.com. You can also connect with me on pretty much any social media platform if you just search my name, Stacey Keogh, which is about K-E-H-O-E. And I also have a podcast launching in the next couple of weeks, which is called (laughs) The Vault with Stacey Keogh. Um, which will also be the name of the membership site, which we're launching mid-September as well, which offers a lot of digital marketing, um, training, tutorials, um, on downloads, like lots of help in terms of helping people get online and build digital marketing pipelines. So, you know, feel free to download our podcast too. Awesome. Sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah, there's a it. motorcycle in the background. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, any other like news uh, launches or uh, events or etc. Or did you name all of them? Yeah, so you mentioned so, uh, that uh, the podcast. Are you prepared to have a, a commitment uh, to to put a stake in the ground in terms of something else or not? You want to hold me I'm, accountable? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pointing at something in, in her office, but uh, maybe I should not even talk about that. WordPress? No. Oh, books. books. Oh, books. Yes. <laughs> Public, uh, public accountability or nothing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, so I'm launching a book. Oh. Um, so I think I'm about 12 weeks from having that published. Excellent. Yeah, so it's it's written. Um, it's had a first edit. Uh, I've had feedback from beta readers, and we've done some editing, and then now it's with the publisher. So just um, waiting for some feedback on that and to start, yeah, before that launches. So that should be out yeah. before the end of the year. Since this podcast will be there forever and ever, yes. and it will haunt <laughs> you and chase you. What's uh, the title? If you, uh, oh, I don't have the title. I oh, don't okay. have a title for the book yet. In that case, it's you actually have to search for yes, Stacey's name. Yes. A good right. thing you can do is to take the title late on, which is a bit clever of you. Yeah, we're, we're playing around with a few different things, but um, yeah, I try not to get too bogged down in it, yeah. really. I as just long, let the flow. As long as you know what your book is about, you can. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you name it or not uh, in the beginning or a bit later. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, actually. That'll be a big, that'll probably be a big decision about writing a book, I think, what the title's going to be. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I've kind of, I just haven't given it any thought yet because I've been focused on the writing. So, Excellent. yeah. Good. But excited about it, nonetheless. What's the book going to be about? So it's the 6C methodology. So it's the six steps to building a digital marketing pipeline. Perfect. So I'm sure, sure we can get a copy for you later, right? Yeah. Indeed. Give you a I have to read some more books. I'm pretty good at reading, but I, I don't read so much. I usually read on the computer. I don't mm. read so many books. Right, yeah. Well, you can check out our blog if you like. We've got a lot of tips yeah. there on the blog too. Good, good. Uh, All right. So, yeah, excellent and super nice to have you on the podcast, Stacey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. Your really blog is on YouTube or... Uh, it's on our company website. So, uh, brandlective.com forward slash blog. Okay. Perfect. So, thank you for being here on this podcast. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Frederick, for having me. I really appreciate being here. So, 
Go for it, man. Yep. So this has been episode 24 of Invest in You. Thank you again for being on this podcast, Stacey. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. And by the way, if you thought this was useful, you can give us a five-star review. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, we'll be happy to read your five-star review. <laughs> if you decide to give us a five-star review, that is. Depends on how you thought that Stacy has been uh, doing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> right. I've given you a five-star review, so I awesome. think everybody should be giving awesome. you five-star reviews. All right. You have to interview more people, then. Yeah, exactly. That's his way to, to bump it. Uh, okay, thanks, Charlie. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Charlie, nice to see you. Bye-bye.